Yeah, what up? Hey, hey. How do I sound? How do I sound? Uh, you sound good. Okay. How you doing? I'm just pouring myself a uh, smoothie. Oh, good. I ordered. Uh, I, I was. Am... I was partly inspired by you. Like you reminded me, I could make smoothies. You know, and um, I had a mm. blender, and I somehow lost the cups to the top of the blender because I. I mean. I could lose anything. I really could. And um, anyway, yeah. I ordered some new ones. So nice. I'm hoping I get and into I'll that have again. A smoothie life. <laughs> Are you more of a fruit or a vegetable smoothie guy, or is it both? Or uh, almost exclusively fruit. That lends itself more, right, because of the taste. Uh, I guess so. I don't. What 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 vegetables would you put? Are spinach vegetables and stuff like that? I mean, I assume, yeah. I assume people do spinach, and I assume cucumber, um, all the green stuff. Well, so part of the reason I've been uh, drinking more smoothies is because I'm in a place that has terrible produce. So that's just um, instead of like going to the store and getting four mangoes and eating them and them being amazing because I'm in California. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I would just get like frozen fruit and make. Oh, you don't do that in California as a typical matter for your daily no. routine. Oh, no, I just eat your solution. Your solution was to blend the fruit because you didn't like the taste. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Combining it with like uh, cranberry juice and ice. And- right, because you well, add, you basically you're taste, adding sugar. Also, like, I mean, it's well, kind of healthy, but. Uh, I get cranberry juice that doesn't have sugar in it. Oh. I don't know how, but... Okay. <laughs> it's sort of like it's a, it's a version of aspartame that tastes like cranberry juice because <laughs> they put red dye in um, and ice, which also doesn't have sugar. So I consume sugar. It makes me hyper, like a nine-year-old. Are you still not drinking coffee? No. Um, I actually had a dream last night where I sipped, I accidentally had a sip of coffee and went insane. It's funny that you ask because literally <laughs> last night I had, I had a dream where like I carelessly was like at some place where there's coffee and drank coffee and, uh. Now was that, was that, yeah, did that used like, to be a mainstay of your, of your life, of your productive life? Drinking coffee all the time? Or? I would say the last like three or four years more and more. Okay, so it was a conscious effort to give up that habit, basically, right? Not really. It was more, um, well, ha- it was a conscious effort to stop because, like, the more I've been exercising, the more superfluous it is. And so totally, I was, just, I was totally. again, just feeling, like, hyper when I drank coffee, not feeling, like, you know, purposeful and focused and productive. I was just feeling yeah. purposeful and focused and productive, like, right when I wake up. So I don't need coffee, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like, if I drink coffee, I'm just going to feel bad and, like, like itchy and <laughs> not focused. <clears throat> I'm going to be, like, hyper if I am well, you know, know, taking Ritalin or something. Yeah, to talk being high, yeah. to approach a subject about which I have my strong opinions, but about which I don't have okay. the authority to tell anybody what to do with their life. But when I see people who are depressed and so forth, and who are taking antidepressants, but they don't exercise, it bothers me. You know, because I'm like, it really is a magical you're supposed to, thing. You're supposed to 
diet and exercise. Right. If you, even if, I mean, as a first resort, or something. As a first resort. Well, I mean, also, I'm not. I I I, th- I would assume that I'm less anti antidepressants than you are. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a I personal mean, thing. Even if, you're, even if you're on SSRIs or you're on another antidepressant. If you can diet and exercise, you're also supposed to diet and exercise. Like telling somebody, I feel a lot better when I'm dieting and exercising isn't like shaming them or something. Right. You can say that in a way that is shaming them. <laughs> but like, there is like a, I, 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 I have occasionally seen like some kind of weird defensiveness of among like um, people who support like therapy and SSRIs and stuff. That like people saying diet and exercise work is like uh, somehow contradicting the idea of going to therapy and taking SSRIs, and like there's no reason that those should be mutually exclusive. IMO. There's no reason necessarily. And in, in 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 and in the opinion of like the doctors. <laughs> Like, I don't know any psychologist who would, or psychiatrist or psychologist who would say, yeah, just take SSRIs, you'll be fine. Don't work out, don't exercise, don't. Well, people don't, though. People do not exercise. They don't exercise. They eat fried chicken all day, and then they're sad. And it's like, I don't know, man. I mean, get out and run. Like, it really does help. Obviously, your body isn't going to feel good when you're doing that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and as, you know, again, as a matter of telling someone what to do, I would never. people somehow, like, sever the idea of their body from their mood, which is, like, the basis of psychology. But, like, we have some kind of, like, um, weird, like... Um. Yeah, some some weird weird, weird separation where you think that mm-hmm. they're, they're like so totally like the, separate. Yeah, yeah. Like um, you have a power over your. I mean, they're the same mind. thing. <laughs> That's a good point. Or just just but, your your food doesn't have isn't gonna impact it. Like you you're you're biting into some Popeyes and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is just totally food. It's not at mm-hmm. all. It's just just entirely material like mechanical. It mm-hmm. will give me calories, and the other, like, other than that, it has no effect on my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's silly. Experience. Literally, the basis of psychology is that our bodies are also our like our mind is part of our body. <laughs> Why do we always return to that topic? Um, but yeah, so I was going to say, which we've kind of mentioned before, but your, your thing about getting up early, or sorry, getting up and feeling energized and productive, ready for the day, uh, that comes from exercise, like you said. And it is something most people yeah. don't experience, I don't, I think. And I am a, more of an intermittent, intermittent healthy person. I go through phases. But it is like, it is a joyous thing to get up and have energy. It's weird. It feels weird mm-hmm. when you're not used to it. So I agree. I agree it's with like you're what you're saying. Or- something yeah you're like what the hell i should be tired because you know you can sleep less you can sleep less if you are healthier and be more energized at least i can um yeah your sleep is better if you're exercising and stuff Mm -hmm. you'll just sleep better every hour of sleep is better i mean you should still try to get eight hours of sleep but you know yeah i remember your your advice exercising and stuff your advice to me, I've always remembered, was to get eight hours of sleep, drink a lot of water, um, mm-hmm. and you had some weird remedy for your throat problem. 
Oh yeah. Which was like, well, uh, which I actually did. Here. I did that. I did that with. Uh, oh nice. What do you, what, well, I can't remember the spice like right a now. Cough or a cold. Yeah. Cayenne uh, pepper, but it was probably yeah. cayenne pepper, apple cider vinegar, yep. and water it down a little bit. Yep. That's what we used to drink because you know the winter in Chicago is six months long, and you would be performing fifteen times a week or something. Um, having a cold is just like not, you just, that would just be torture, um, to have to get up on stage and talk with a cold doing two or three shows. Um, so yeah, that is a way to clear the sinuses and the throat. Um, and also, yeah, uh, cayenne pepper like charges your immune system. I think apple cider vinegar has something to do with digestion. I forget exactly what the I love it. I love it. I, I bought it, it probably sources back to your advice and I bought a big bottle of it and I love drinking it. I mean I drink it in teaspoons, but uh Yeah. Some people hate that crap. Yeah, I love yeah, sour yeah. stuff. I love it. So Yeah. I love sour and spicy and I love things that clear my sinuses and make me kind of wince for a second, you know. So I'm all good with the uh remedy there. Um Anyway. I've added stuff to it since then. Now I drink that every night with uh, ginger, which is uh, horrible. It like tastes terrible. <laughs> Wait, do you do uh, this? I mean, do you do the cayenne great. pepper every night? Cayenne pepper, apple cider vinegar, um, ginger, and I put garlic powder and oregano and turmeric and pepper. <laughs> so like the cayenne pepper and the ginger taste horrible. So I put garlic powder in there to, like, balance that out. Garlic's actually also healthy for you. Yeah. Um, and oregano is also, like, has some medicinal properties. And then turmeric and black pepper. Turmeric's really healthy, but you need, for some reason, you need black pepper to, like, make it so your body can digest it or something. Um, but, yeah, turmeric tastes fine. Um so yeah, uh, I drink that water down pretty pretty hard every night. Yeah, and you invented that, or you someone told you about it? Well, the apple cider vinegar and cayenne pepper is just like a from your friends. Yeah, I, I don't. That's just like everyone. Yeah, I think that just gets handed down. I'm sure <laughs> started in the Catskills or something in the fifties. Um, yeah, I. I, I, I I, I I couldn't tell you who actually told me about that. Um, I think we're a year that for the first time. By the way, I just realized. I think we're. I think we uh, said we would do a joking Oscar prediction last year. And we never did, mm. and we didn't even consider. Which I didn't. Yeah. I wouldn't have any idea for this year. But um, I yeah, I didn't even know. I was I hoping know the Oscars were happening. Good for you. Yeah, me either. No, I mean, it was. That. I was happy to see Hopkins won, though. What about you? Or you don't care? Uh, I like Anthony Hopkins. I don't mind. <laughs> I didn't know that he had won until you said that. Um, well, you know, the film... I didn't see whatever movie he was in. Yeah, me either. I wanted to. I might go out and see it. I think it might still be out some places. called The Father, and it's about a guy with dementia. It looked really good, but it could be boring. Ooh. But I'm going to check it out. <clears throat> I was happy for him. not really dying to see stuff about... Yeah, we're dealing with my grandmother going through dementia. So I'm not really dying to see. No, I don't blame you on that. Movies about dementia. <laughs> um, maybe in a while, maybe in a couple of years. 
I rem- I recommended yeah, I recommended that that Evelyn Waugh novel, the one about the um the the, the movie. Folder. Which one is it? Where the da- the dad dies or something? I shouldn't have said this. Anyway, the per- I remember telling the person the plot, and they said the same thing. They were like, "I'm not. I don't. I'm not in the mood for that." Oh, the loved one. The, the loved one. The loved. The lo- not oh, the not the dad. Oh, yeah. di- I guess people die. I guess. And. Um, well, it's mostly like dogs die. Yeah, dogs die. I I don't know what it was. It, it was like ex- the scenario in this person's life, and I remember they were they just rejected my uh, suggestion outright. It was kind of sad. But, I was um, like, I I <laughs> would not. I'm not dying to see any like media about COVID anytime soon. <laughs> I want to ban that word. That's my new initiative. I'll sign any any uh, pledge for that. Banning that word, ban- I can't. I can't take it. I can't. I I used to make fun of people who got triggered, you know, and now now I get triggered. People people say the word yeah. COVID and I get triggered. I start having spasms. Uh, yeah, I'm kidding. I can read any. I mean, like uh, I don't know. Marilyn Robinson could write a book about COVID, and I'd be like, nope. <laughs> I see what you mean. Like someone who you enjoy reading could write about it. Yeah, Joyce Maynard, yeah, my favorite like living writer. Um, Joan nope. Didion. I mean, Not do it. I can see Joan, Joan Didion normal. doing a COVID book. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just because she writes about dead, you know, death all the time, and like you're yeah. dying, and, and she's her more books like a are blue and depressing. But uh, anyway, um. Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't I didn't prepare except I was gonna if you want I can talk about what I've been reading but I I can sense your response to it which I think is gonna be oh god that sounds terrible <laughs> that's what I predict you would say um, what so I'm not reading? I'm not excited to talk about it because it's not even something I would recommend oh. um, it's a big oh. it's a big biography of Robert Kennedy and it's a famous book by oh. Arthur Schlesinger Jr. Back in the seventies, he wrote this thing called Robert Kennedy and His Times, and um, okay, it's a it's I'm a. I actually that that uh, I think yeah, I'm a lot more neutral on that. I think that that you maybe would have expected. So I, I, can, I can't imagine you reading about the Kennedys Kennedy and enjoying story. it. I just can't. I, in my head, I can't picture that. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I could read. I, I would be interested in a book about like the Kennedys and the CIA or the Kennedys yeah. and the mob. Yeah, that's that the. I mean, I'm repeating myself. That would be interesting, like an actual history. If we like found out like what the fuck happened between the Kennedys and the CIA. Well, and what the fuck happened between the Kennedys and the mob? I read another book. Let me go grab it one second because it's about that. Hold on. We can cut this out. I say not knowing how to do that at all, or even having access to the tapes. I heard the sound of me gulping. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I can't find it, but I, I read a book. Let me look up what it was, because uh, it was literally about that. Let me Google it. I have, I have, God cursed me with a, uh, a memory that can't recall nouns. Like, I, I can't even think of names of people I knew for years. It's horrible. I blame my father. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I know. I, I do that, too. I mean, that's, that's something that Phineas does in, 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 in Griggsville, where he just cannot remember people's names. He remembers, like, eight people's names. 
Speaking of thing, dementia. Thinking, yeah, that, that, that came from, like, uh, it feels like first-person novels, like, the character always knows who everybody is and shit, which is, like, a, is there a standard yeah. for the narrator? That, that, they are the narrator, and it's like, that shouldn't be true. That's not the case. I walk around in fields of ignorance, around people, just, like, fields <laughs> of people I don't know. That is, have, that is yeah, something yeah, I like, think about as well. College, I'd be like walking somewhere with Bend and some like young Democrat would come up and it, and be like, like assume that I know who, know who they knew who, I, who they were. And it was like, yeah, yeah, dude. Cool. Oh yeah. That's what, that's the thing I know about all the stuff you're talking about. I know who you are. <laughs> um, very much. I, uh, I think about that too when I read because it's like, and I think about that when I write because I, I I don't I don't I don't I don't I walk around and I know things or you know if and but I don't remember them you know and I think that's something that mm. it, when you read it in a book like when it comes off in a book as a realistic uh, characteristic of somebody it's um it's something you can relate to you know yeah it's somebody like forgetting like uh, when we get into Ulysses Leopold Bloom has like um, he's very perceptive and very receptive. But yeah, his, his, he, like, there's also, he's just walking around in Dublin. It's not like he knows literally everything. Oh, that, you know, pastry chef who's been here since 19 or 1837 and blah, blah, well, blah. And that's one of the things, um, these snarky movies, which I don't know if you know what I mean. Everything to me is snarky nowadays. And it's one of those things I can't stand. And I do my best to not be snarky with my takes on anything or the way I present my opinions because it's so, um, universal, you know, and all these movies, like, I don't know if you saw the, um, it's kind of a popular style. What do you call that? What's that movie about the 2008 situation? Um, the big, um, shorts, oh, the big, the big short. short, you know what I mean? Where they have those detailed, like they know everything. The narrator is an omnipotent genius who, who's figured everything out. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That kind of reminded me of that style of writing where I guess that's a, a kind of nonfiction style that that particular writer uh, perfected or something. But anyway, the book is by Seymour Hirsch. Are you familiar with him as a journalist? Kind of, yes. Yeah, kind of. Exactly. Well, me too. Um, yeah. I love hearing him talk. You can YouTube him. He has uh, speeches on this. It's The book was called The Dark Side of Camelot. And I read it before I read this book. Have you heard of that? The Dark Side of Camelot. I, I, I that's vaguely familiar. It's not. not like, it's it's not something that to me. I, I haven't. That's the only thing I've ever read by him. Um, and but anyway, he talks about like uh, JFK being on math all the time. And yeah, and this, well, he talks about the CIA plots to kill yeah. Castro and the connection between the mob and uh, JFK and Jack Kennedy. And I tell you one thing, if half that stuff is true... And he, the mob and the CIA. Yeah, yeah. but And most of that's related to Castro, at least from what I read. And, um, you know, God knows what else. And my memory, again, sucks. So uh, forgive me for not remembering details. But 
if half of that stuff is true, I think it's pretty nutso. You know, it's it's crazy how reputations hinge upon like one or two things. And you really realize when you start reading about people like the Kennedys that media really matters. The media perception yeah. of things is what really makes or breaks you, you know? I mean, there, there's, there's uh, a huge difference between like um, the 60s when you could just like keep telling people. Like there were, you know, three channels. Well, yeah, no, um, but I mean... Things are less manufactured now. I'm just saying right, there right. were fewer people that were manufacturing. Mm. I think now there's, like, people on a lot of sides manufacturing consent or yeah. manufacturing ideas for, you know... I mean, there's, like, QAnon people freelancing on this stuff all the time and shit, um, creating an alternate reality uh, all the time, or creating a reality... Um, all the time but yeah it was like i guess simpler when it just had to be like the bradley's it was like ben bradley decided you know what uh, my friend jfk he's camelot <laughs> he's, yeah he's that's one of the things that struck me was the 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 number of journalists that were the personal friends personal friends with the yeah. president who hung out at his house who he told them and again i forgive me for not having specific examples but the, he would literally edit their work they would give him their yeah. work, and I'm like, it just amazes me. And I think of it in the context of Nixon, which is how I got down this road with the Kennedys. Because if you think about how, if you think about Nixon's reputation as a horrible, uh, corrupt person, right? And then you put him beside the Kennedys, you really, uh, to me, you realize that his context was the Kennedys. In other words, he saw what they got away with, and he said, "That's what it takes to win. That's how politics is." And then he didn't get away with it. Because the media didn't like him. Because they didn't give well, him their so stuff to so edit, much, you know? There's a lot <clears throat> there. Uh, there's a lot. As people say, there's a lot there. Like, I mean, you say what the Kennedys got away with, like stealing votes in Illinois. Is that what you're talking about? Or more other stuff? Because, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, get, get, getting away with having an image that is, some, you know, like an Americana, uh, uh, like you should look up to them. Like, there, no one, I, I would say if you poll people, they wouldn't. Honestly, I mean, I'm not a Nixon fan, obviously. <laughs> There's nothing in Nixon's history that uh, uh, pulls me. But, I mean, Nixon was from Whittier, California, and was, like, a poor kid. Right. Um, he went to the right. Army That's... or Navy or something. Exactly. And to he, me, like, actually is, like, uh, was an underdog. Right, exactly. Like, that that's I, he's like, more likable the, from the point of view of to me from a point of view of someone biography, yeah, Kennedy normal was a person rich kid who bought his way into Harvard and bought his way <clears> into you know profiles and courage. His dad just like um, was one step away from being a mobster himself, but basically a mobster himself. <laughs> like he's just a mobster who wasn't Irish or uh, was Irish or, or wasn't Italian. You yeah, mean? <laughs> wasn't Italian. Yeah. His mom too was an Italian, and just got like fucking filthy rich and was a Nazi, <laughs> uh, or like Nazi friendly, Nazi adjacent, um, and just like bought his sons into power. Whereas, I mean, yeah. name Nixon's father, like Nixon's father. I don't even know. He was like a grocer or something. I don't know. Right, he um, was a grocer. He was an alcoholic grocer who failed. Oh, really? You know what I mean? So I, like, yeah. I, I'm with you where I have my sympathy lies with Nixon because to me he's a flawed I, I'm with you where I don't like him in that in the sense of like I don't like what he did I don't like his leadership style I think he was corrupt I think he was 
you know, disingenuous and all that. But then you look at his image in the minds of most people versus the Kennedys, and it's annoying. You know, it, it annoys me. Like they did pretty similar stuff in power. Right. <laughs> like, uh, and he deserved it more I mean, because, Tim like Williams you said, he earned he earned a position. Disgusting, but I I could see the Kennedys doing <laughs> Cambodia too. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. They, they they're the ones that you know escalated stuff in Vietnam. He did the invasion of Cuba. Yeah. He tried to assassinate so Castro. The, so much of Vietnam was just like Kennedy having because Kennedy had a soft dick and having to like project manhood. Because like I mean his psychology was like on his sleeve. Him having to project manhood because he had to get shot to have sex with the women he was committing adultery with. Um, <clears throat> like that's not a, that's not a good. Person. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, probably pretty. Like, I mean, Camelot was probably a pretty shitty place because we're talking Middle England. Uh, it was probably more like a real. What would have really been happening in like a real Camelot two thousand years ago or whatever? <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely not like uh, anything to be valorized. Well, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Our our American obsession, which I pray is not continuous, but our obsession with these families that have no reason to be like, there's no reason the Bushes, the Kennedys, um, any of these families who are prestigious that have continuous like power over our lives. Um, it's amazing. Like reading Robert yeah. Kennedy's biography, there's no reason he should have been the person as all these he things. Should have been like attorney general. I, what, what's the reason? It's the I mean, it's it's not. But then you have the people at the time who were in power in the media and who have influence who are like, of course, you know. I mean, accepting it, going, you and know. They went to all the same schools and they jerked off in all the same <laughs> coffins. Well, I guess they didn't jerk <laughs> off in coffins because they were Harvard people. Um, but I mean, yeah, they. And you know, I know, I know, uh, you've fallen out with all the same women in Cambridge. <laughs> you've, you've fallen out with um, with Buckley, but I wanted to give a plug because Buckley had a firing line where he interviewed this author, Arthur Schlesinger Jr., who wrote the book I was uh, reading or am reading called Robert Kennedy mm-hmm. and His Times about the Seymour Hersh book, The Dark Side of Camelot. Oh. Yeah, it it was an interesting program. It was a good program, and he had another guy on, another historian whose name I don't recall, to more argue uh, pro Seymour Hersh and um, Arthur Schlesinger, who was a Kennedy loyalist, well, the, those, argues uh, for Kennedy. I, I I don't like watch old firing lines very frequently, but I mean back in the day, this is also the day of the like the fairness doctrine, where like contractually they had to have an approximation of quote-unquote both sides of issues um, on, you know, national broadcast television. That was, um, uh, I think, that was so on PBS, I think. Two. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it was on PBS, but I mean, it, it's, it was still like, you know, it was national broadcast, so you, know, you would have to, I think they still had to play by the, you know, fairness doctrine rule mm-hmm. of, I mean... <clears throat> I, I I don't necessarily endorse the fairness doctrine because I mean both sides of an issue. That's like a that's. A, I mean, how do you inf- how do you enforce um, that? What, what's the point of that law? Well, what, what are what are both sides? <laughs> like, yeah, speaking as somebody who does not fall on the American left or the American right, like are we also going to invite you know uh, an anarchist? Are we also going to invite like an environmental terrorist? <laughs> are we yeah. also going to invite a Maoist third world? I agree. I like, agree. I agree. I, uh, but, but but you're saying you're saying that 
left and right of American capitalism. You're saying that it was a balanced but program, I, I guess. That at least, at least, <laughs> yeah, at least they were forced that, that you know, um, either that, both that, and I think just like a certain amount of intellectual engagement by Buckley and his staff to get like Noam Chomsky and Alan Ginsberg yeah. and people on the show. That was um, a, that was one of my favorite firing lines I've seen. Some of them, I will, I will say, some of them are too esoteric yeah. and like too. Yeah, it's hard to connect with a lot of the firing lines. But the one where they interview, I'm sure, like historically, if they're talking about like something that ha- like the you know like the Panama Canal issue or something where it's like that was not as important as they thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> People do not talk about the Panama Canal anymore. <laughs> Yeah, there was a big. He had a big debate, I think, right, about the Panama right, Canal. Him and Reagan had a debate they Yeah, I watched that for some a long reason. time ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was something. Um, I don't. I have no idea what either. I think it was about giving the Panama Canal back because it was like an in the contract that we had to give it back but I think Buckley was saying just fuck that and don't give it back I don't recall yeah I don't recall the actual I point think that's what it, I think that's what it like boiled down to was there's some people who were gonna say like hey just fuck it We're well America. and you know I was gonna I was gonna say you know in the context of reading about the Kennedys and um, especially this this book, this very big book about Robert Kennedy, um, which is basically a book about the Kennedys. Okay, it's it's it starts with talking yeah, about the father and their origins. Yeah, it's 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 a good summary of all the stuff that happened, I guess, from the point of view of a Kennedy loyalist. That you you have to remember that. But the context of it all is right. the Cold War, you know, and I I think you have to really get in the head of someone who took that very seriously. not Because you can't look back on it, I don't think, and have the same point of view as a Buckley or somebody, or even a Kennedy or anybody, you know, who was in the if thick we of it. born in 1989. Yeah, who took it, who took it, like, very seriously. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a threat that was, a, that was actually a, an imminent problem. Um, that informs a lot of the thinking, a lot of the stuff and decisions they made. Um and looking back, I, I think, you know, I'm not an expert about it, but I think it was mostly, um, in the main, probably something that blocks people from having, I'm I'm messing up my sentence here. It was not as big a deal, like you said, like the, with the Panama Canal, as they acted like or thought it was in the moment. Um, mm. I think looking back, but. I'm not an expert on the Cold War. I, I would have been on our I, side, I think. But, but you know, like, Russia wasn't in the closet about to jump out. Um, and stuff stuff, yeah, stuff like with the Berlin Wall and stuff like with Cuba and Vietnam and so forth, obviously the wisdom of looking back, it's much, e- much easier to, to say what you would have done. Um, so you have, to, you have to understand the context and at least, you know, give some grace to the actors who... Uh, who had that I do space. think that a lot of Cold War ideology was just like painting over or justifying American aggression. Um, I mean, certainly when it came to Cuba, <laughs> uh, like Cuba, uh, I mean, yeah, we don't need to have an argument about Cuba. Um, but like <laughs> that was very much like the Soviets were not like directing that. So the Soviets came to defend or came to the side of Cuba eventually. Um, but they didn't even have like a guy in Hanava in Havana until like 1960. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, like. Uh, but if you're the president, I, I, we were. But there, but but I remember saying that like for decades before that, for a hundred years before that, we had been like they had basically been a feudal vassal of America, and suddenly mm-hmm. the uh, Castro get, takes power and doesn't even necessarily at first like say he's a Leninist Marxist or anything, right? But start like supporting land reform, start like supporting you know, giving land back to the peasants or taking land from the wealthy and giving it to the peasants, taking land from, you know, United Fruits and collectivizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly we're like, oh, this is the specter of communism. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretty, I mean, if you say we can't look back and, and necessarily know what people were thinking in the time, but you can look back, I think, and have, like, a lot of uh, insight into their unconscious thinking, at least, or, like, the, the unconscious way of, like, the CIA suddenly like springing to action and saying we have to kill Castro the minute they start proposing land reform. Yeah. Um, and they tried to kill him like I, I could make up a number and it wouldn't be it was like a hundred times. I don't I think it was way more than that. Uh, they tried to do a Guatemala on them and it just did not. Well and in politics in politics too you know, even in dictatorships in places like China and wherever, you have to consider the politics of the guy talking. You know, so Kennedy or Nixon or somebody, or Robert Kennedy who was planning to be president in 1968. You know, I mean, these people are talking yeah. from the perspective of ambitious politicians. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it's it's really irritating, actually, now that I... That's why I feel like I can't see you reading about the Kennedys, because... You're you're reading about ambitious. You're reading about ambitious, disingenuous assholes. You know who are mm. like t- 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 taking positions on civil rights, on Cuba, on everything as as insofar as it fits their purposes. Like a triangulation. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like it's sickening. It's sickening that these people have power that they they got away with. Uh, and I, I will say, I mean, I can understand. One of the things Seymour Hersh says is if he had known Kennedy, he probably would have fallen in love with him just like Arthur Schlesinger, just like all these men. Yeah, because of his charm and his personality was just outrageously infectious. And um, so I do want to say that. Like, I can see the same about like Obama. Right. You know, politically loathed, but like seems like he'd be a good neighbor. Mm hmm. Right. So anyway, I don't know. But. It's like that doesn't mean he should be president because he was yeah. funny or nice or better good good looking on TV and and able to woo well, people. He took the like, right drug cocktail. He lied about that, by the TV. way. He totally lied about. And they knew about it. They knew that he wasn't fit to be president. That's it's so infuriating. That's what I mean about the Nixon Kennedy thing. It doesn't make any sense when you look at it fairly. If you're trying to be a a fair judge, you know Kennedy should never have been president for the fact that he could have died any moment. Because he was so unhealthy, you know? But he yeah. lied He lied about being fit. He said he was the fittest guy ever to run for president and so forth. And it's like, sir, it doesn't look that way. And everyone well, knew young, it. But you know, one of the reasons he was- might have been killed, this was an interesting fact I got from Seymour Hirsch. He wore a back brace. This is from Seymour Hirsch. Okay, so... Oh, and the back brace made it so that he... Yeah, he couldn't bend down. And the reason he had the back brace apparently is because he was having an affair with women by the pool and he slipped and hurt his back. Like very close to the <laughs> very close to the assassination. So that was crazy. Uh if that's true, which I don't mean to malign you, Mr. JFK, if that's inaccurate. Yeah, uh <laughs> it's true. The, the 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 Kennedys are like a family where 
JFK is certainly in the Mike Tyson zone where any story you hear is I, true. I, I, I could not agree more. Instantly. I could not agree more. And <laughs> including... He had an affair... In 1942, he had an affair with a Danish Nazi journalist, and his dad got, he was, like, working as a naval intelligence officer at the time. Yep. You're not supposed to be fucking Nazis. Yep. I remember his that. his dad got him out of it. His dad was also trying to fuck this Danish Nazi journalist. Yeah. They, <laughs> like, all that story is crazy, and the fourth step that his dad had been trying to fuck her, too. If, if you're a woman in the Kennedy family, I mean, I swear so to God. Kennedy. I wouldn't have lasted. So I, Kennedy, I don't know uh, how the I don't know how the Kennedy women did it because when you read about the father and the sons, it's like dear Jesus Christ. I mean, they did it in front of them like blatantly. It was it, oh, yeah, it's so was rude, no you know. That's hiding. what I come away with. I mean, at least try to be a bit more discreet. My God in heaven, they would they would do it in the White House. Um, oh yeah, and everything, you know, just oh. The wife's coming. Okay, let's run upstairs. I think he had a con- I think he had a connector to the pool made on purpose for that reason to the upstairs office. Um, ugh, anyway, um, but again, very charming, likable guy, and I could tell. I could. You can watch videos of him interacting with the press um, on YouTube, and yeah, he, 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 he's off the charts. Um, charming, good at his job in terms of the the image projection. That's their Man, that's their true their true genius. You know. Um, yeah. was that, I think. Um, I know, totally, because they're trash people, and they are not seen as <clears throat> trash people. Right. They're still not seen as trash people. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, it, the interesting things about this book, Robert Kennedy and His Times, you kind of alluded to, I think, when you said you would be interested in learning about the CIA and the mob. Um, the, mm. the, the chapter's about MLK, the chapter's about Hoover, uh, who headed this mm. FBI, of course. Uh, those were the ones that yeah. interested me the most because, uh, it, you know, it was just, like, Hoover, to me, it, I, I really want to learn more about him because talk He's a ab- fascinating person. Talk about a guy who, I mean, basically was dictator for, I think, 40 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, accrued himself more power than I think anyone in the history of American, like, history. I mean, I don't know. That, I don't think that's an outlandish thing to say, though. His power is just, like, the ability to get things done, get whatever you want done. But, I mean, the police I mean, power yeah, he had with pretty, Im- with immunity from, like, high. being able to do whatever lawless thing he felt like doing, his corruption and taking money, uh, you know, from the government, from the people, to take vacations and, and do whatever he wanted by, you know, upfit his house and... But I'm talking for 40 years is why I feel like it's so unprecedented. You know, I just think when I I watched a documentary about him, I read this chapter about him in the um, the book, and actually, even my yeah, sympathy. It's hard to come up with other people. It is, somewhere. yeah. My sympathy lies with Schlesinger. He he's very biased. He's very um, opinionated in this book. He was actually in the administration. Yeah, the kind of he was as he was like um, he was like. A, an advisor, you know how they have all the advisors. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that when someone's on the TV and it's like the foreign, uh, uh, the foreign policy advisor. And anyway, I always I always say to myself, "Who are you? You know what? Who are you to tell me?" You know, I, I don't know. That's what I always think of. But um, uh, yeah, the the stuff on Hoover, the CIA, the mob, and the stuff about. Um, all the ancillary issues. Even the civil rights was a really good uh, chapter. Uh, so I like I like how he has the subjects 
and um, his fa- the father was fascinating to read about, which is the beginning of the book, whose origins, like you mentioned before, are very murky, which creeps me out that you can't know how this guy became a bazillionaire. I mean, like, I really don't understand that. Even after reading about crime. It. his body, I mean, it's I clearly mean, crime. Not, it has to be. It has to be. It has to be. He committed crimes. But that's not what Schlesinger says, you know. But you you read it and you go, I don't understand how he came from being an immigrant to a billionaire. I, it's very confusing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to understand. Yeah, he was worth like a sum, like what in today's money would be. It was like infinite. It was like infinite yeah. money. He, yeah. like, you alluded to it. You cannot say that Robert Kennedy, that John Kennedy would have been anything without his money, you know, because he's the one who oh, bought no. them the Senate races um, and every and, and connections and everything. Oh, but I, oh, I know careers up until then. Like I said, he, he uh, his dad got him out of the Nazi fucking thing. Um, oh, yeah. And which, I, yeah. And I wanted to bring a up Nazi journalists should you kicked out of the Navy intelligence. Oh, that you remind you remind me because I wanted to be fair to our um, and, and your career. I want to be fair to our JFK friend here. He, he you can you can believe any story about him, including the war hero story, which is accurate. Which I actually thought I, I assumed was was at least a bit uh, mocked up for the campaign, but apparently apparently it wasn't. Like he swam and he wasn't in good shape, as you know. So he he put himself in danger by even going out there. And. Um, he swam like a crap ton of miles or something to this island and saved people's lives and uh, in a very dangerous situation. So the the war story, whatever it is, I can't remember the details, was accurate, and it almost killed him, just like all the other times he almost died, um, which apparently were numerous. Crazy, crazy life. And you mentioned his book, which I believe he lied about Don't writing. Grow. Correct, profiles and courage. Yeah. And he won a Nobel Prize. Is he the only Nobel Prize okay. winner to ever lie about having written the book? Like, I, I feel like that's... I, when oh, I learned that, question. that really pissed me off. That really pissed me off. I mean, talk out of all the things I've learned about Kennedy, I thought, my God. And I couldn't find any proof-proof, but... I, oh, I don't, no, it's, it's an open fact that he, it, it was ghostwritten. Yeah, and he, um, he just straight up yeah, lied about it. I can't imagine... It. Other people, because I mean, most people won Pulitzer's for like novels. And I suspect he uh, won it because I of guess, his father's influence. I mean, I almost, I'm I almost certain of that. And Pulitzer's that were like plagiarized. The nonfiction Pulitzer's have been plagiarized. I think. How do you play? You mean like plagiarized another book? Yeah, I think. So. Is this I'm considered sure. plagiarism if someone part. writes your book, or is that just lying about it? No, that's just ghostwriting. Okay. Um, which is, I mean, that's like a, a thing in publishing. I mean, it is lying. It's just putting something Well, you shouldn't get the award. Like you shouldn't get the goddamn award. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that's crazy. But uh, that, 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 that disappointed me. You know, when I learned that, I was like, man, what depths will these Kennedys go to? <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, Kennedy wasn't a smart person. He was like a C student. He wasn't, I mean, not, you know, being, I wasn't a great student. <laughs> I'm also not a smart person. Um, that's a good question, but, uh, though. He was a stupid person, so, like, <laughs> he could not have written Profiles and Courage. He wasn't a smart enough person to have written Profiles and Courage. 
That, 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 that's a question I keep asking myself because Schlesinger's point of view, which again is extremely biased, whoever's reading this, uh, just know that he was in the goddamn administration and was best friends with them. But anyway, he, he, he seems to think that they were like superheroes. I mean, that they were just superhuman, interesting people who were just like yeah, perspicacious like about everything. Heschel's quote and like, you know, throw it into bad, like non-fitting situations. Like, damn. This is the smartest person I've ever known. <laughs> it's like, no, they weren't. They were dumbasses. They were very stupid people. Um, yeah, all the candidates were not like, they were not like sitting at home, you know, uh, reading Thucydides. They were sitting by a pool taking drugs to fuck, you know, yeah. mob bosses' girlfriends. Yeah, Mom yeah. Like, but I keep, you know, Robert Robert Kennedy in particular has a reputation, which I I, I, I personally just believe it to be accurate, for being a violent, hateful, horrible person. Now, so you have instances yeah. where he's angry and shouting, and now Arthur Schlesinger is admitting to that, but he's like, yeah, he was a he was a very uh, pugnacious, like go get him type of guy. And that's his slant on that. Um, so I have been asking myself, because he has a lot of quotes from memos and stuff that Robert Kennedy wrote himself. And Robert Kennedy also wrote books. Yeah, you've got to, um, so I'm, I'm trying to discern for myself. Adjective is eight times what it actually is. Yeah. So I'm trying to discern for myself their intelligence and like their talent and what, what, like, what is it? What's going on here? Um, and it is, it is difficult to do because of the myth. You know, it's hard to separate... The myth yeah. would be that they're geniuses, basically, and um, they're just charismatic dum-dums. And especially, I'm sure when this book was written, stuff like the stuff about civil rights that are very touchy subjects and that are that are, that are very uh, unanimous, you know, today. Going back and reading a book written in 1971 mm-hmm. or whatever is 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 interesting, you know, because the qualms yeah. the qualms he brings up and stuff. You're like, well, I think. Uh, I don't think he would get away <laughs> with all of these positions, yeah. these positions today. You know, people would call him well, right or wrong. They, it's just you know, what I'm saying is the way he's writing about the issues from the 60s and the 70s is way different than I think a historian would write about it today. Um, so yeah. from that perspective, it's kind of a I mean, even in like read. when I was taking U.S. history, it was already like uh, they really dragged their feet on this shit. <laughs> Yeah, they only did it when they were forced to. Yeah, external events. Yeah, not to say that basically. they were bad people. Not to say that Democrats have ever used black <clears throat> people to get their votes and then never <laughs> delivered them anything. Not to say that. No, what I mean is, uh, not yeah, to say you know, that that, black people's wealth slowed down under Obama, <laughs> like or accumulation. Uh, wealth accumulation slowed down under Obama. Not to say that. Not to say that the Democrats have ever. Uh, yeah, the, the patina, <laughs> the patina of like the, the patina of perfection and and just FDR, Kennedy, all these great presidents. It's like, ugh, I don't know. I mean, that happens on the right as well, but just not so much in the media, not so much in the public imagination, and and, and it's annoying. You, you know? have to assume that every president was bad. It was like John Quincy Adams was decent. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else was bad. It's like. No, you just have to look at it and try to understand what happened, you know, that's all. And I I, I don't know, like, you can like John Kennedy, just don't act like he was God on Earth. If you're going to, like, define, well, I mean, but, I mean, that inevitably, I think, goes into, like, good versus bad people. 
um, you know, getting your, I mean, certainly now where all of politics and all of sports and all of everything and all of entertainment is the good guys and the bad guys and it's all comic books and comic books for politics and comic books for sports now and, uh, yeah, I, I think even say, yeah, there, there's, there's little room in the conversation for complicated people or complicated works, complicated novels or complicated characters and novels or complicated characters in TV shows or complicated, uh, athletes. Um, it's just like, you know, this is our team, this is their team. I'm not the first person, certainly not the first person to notice that. Or nor is the first time we've noticed that. But yeah, I think that even like, I, yeah, the, 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 the tendency to like, like a person who is a president. Yeah, um, is something that you should stress. <laughs> that that right there, that's that's stress that. If you if you feel yourself liking a president, know that they've probably they they. I mean, if they're a modern president, they have committed war crimes. Joe Biden committed his first war crime within a month or something. It was like five <laughs> okay. weeks into his administration. Yeah. No, I, I think what you said though, the way you put it, where you should try to suppress if you identify with a president. Mm-hmm. That, that's a good way of putting it because, because that's that's their whole thing. They're just you know boxes that are like a, well, like supposed to attract your sympathy. No matter you know? you know, no matter where you start from as a, as a person, if like if you're Nixon, okay, let's give Nixon as an example because I like him more than Kennedy. Because he was, like you and said, when you're California. he was an intelligent guy who started from nothing, who worked very hard and achieved what he did by being intelligent, in my opinion. Okay. Now, he Not started out with ideals. Okay. And you end up with Watergate. Now, what I've yeah. learned, what, what, what I've learned from reading about these presidents, insofar as I have, the conclusion I've drawn is that power is sort of a futile thing that you these people want the power they want all the stuff that they get and they get what they wanted and then it destroys them like utterly destroys them and uh, it's it's a really sad mm, depressing the, thing so the spoils go to the victor as I've got the show about. So, there you go so identifying with them you know when you read the biographies one of the saddest things you ever read about is Nixon resigning, I mean, in my opinion, based on his personal, just I'm talking about the personal emotion involved and, and just the, the the betrayal of yourself against what you were before you became someone that needed the votes of all these states. You know, Nixon won in a landslide, like more than anyone ever, except for FDR one time. He won 49 out of 50 states, I think. And it's like, yeah, you can't imagine that. Bananas. You can't imagine the ego that 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 would put in your head. You know, it's just like, and it destroyed him, you know, and it destroyed Kennedy. Obviously Kennedy got shot, <laughs> but uh, still it destroyed Kennedy. It destroyed his family. So it's depressing. So on that level, um, that's, that's how I come to see these people, you know, like you get what you want and my God in heaven, like you better watch out. Get it good and hard. Yeah. You better watch out. And I, I want to say one more thing about Arthur Schlesinger. Because I don't really, I don't want to shit on this book and, and say don't read it. It's it's well written. He does his best, I think, to kind of give uh, alternate points of view about uh, some of the decisions and and some of their some of their uh, policies and thinkings and and some of the stuff that's just political and not necessarily moral and all that. But um, but he does it from a very reserved uh, point of view of liking them. So I would definitely supplement my reading. Um, 
And I think Seymour Hersh's book was really good. A lot of people hated yeah, that book. Yeah, I think I'd be more likely to read Seymour Hersh. It was it was a it was an intriguing yeah. book, but people accused him of having written it to make money, you know, having written it to sensationalize the Kennedys. And I would suggest anybody who wants to read that book to supplement their reading with YouTube videos where he defends it. Uh, on Charlie Rose is a really good one, and um, he gives some speeches at bookstores and stuff. So I I think it's a good book. I don't know if everything in it is true. Yeah, he, he interviews he a lot of secret sensationalize the Kennedys' lives. Well, he interviews a lot of people that were there, and so you have to believe the people that were there as well. You know, like you have to you have to believe the interviews to believe his book. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I believe most of it. I'll be honest. I mean, there were a lot of people invested. I mean, Ben Bradley was editor of or executive editor of the Post until like. Yeah, isn't it isn't it isn't it interesting uh, that he brought Nixon down and then he was best friends with Kennedy who was doing yeah. far worse things? It's like, oh, it's just sickening. I don't I, it really it really is like you said when you come well, to the yeah, conclusion. Well, what I'm saying is like the same people who are like saying Seymour Hirsch was was right, disaster, right. They're invested uh, the opposite. Those are literally way. the people who were manufacturing the image of Kennedy, like Arthur Schlesinger. Yeah, exactly. Making it up. <laughs> I mean. Well, um, Schlesinger, yeah, obviously, when you call them on their lies, Seymour yeah, Seymour Hirsch quotes a review that Seymour Hirsch was <laughs> this is a bad book. It's like literally Ben Bradley is the, one of the subjects. Yeah, and and actually that reminds me. Ben Bradley and Sally Quinn and all of them. That reminds me, we need to get a website because I need to be able to link this stuff. But there's a there's a video where Seymour Hirsch mm-hmm. he's at a bookstore I think and he quotes a biography that was written by one of the Kennedy loyalists. And it's a paragraph about Kennedy and his bedtime routine. And it was like, and he kissed his wife and children goodnight. And he knelt down and he said his prayers beside his bed. It was like the most, it was, yeah, it was the most unbelievable version. And he goes, that's a real book. That was published in whatever, 69. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. It was, it was a manufactured image, but, you know, with very little ultimate truth in it but it was grounded in the fact that he was charming to everybody he met well, it was also <laughs> grounded in the fact that everyone was like in on it they were all you know which i can't explain society i can't explain you know and because i look at journalists sometimes and i go how how does your integrity not matter more than being invited to a tea party like what is the deal i don't get it you know i would just be so ashamed to just sell myself to be able to go to these functions, which is what I imagine happens now. Uh, like they had Joe Biden's son being interviewed lately. And I'm like, are you kidding me with these interviews? I mean, you're just afraid about I mean, not I, getting I, access. I, to some degree, I, it is like a business decision where like right, you, need exactly. or you quote unquote need access. Do you need access? Um, well, you, you don't need like they they tell themselves we need access to get these stories, but you're getting stories. You're getting access. That would be a huge story if they call you and know? say if 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 Cuomo before it's popular to hate on Cuomo in New York calls you and threatens you. That's a story. Why do you give a shit yeah. that you're not invited to his cocktail party? Make it a story. Be do your job. It goes. There's so, a, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I know um, that's what you're saying. Like their their justification is totally divorced from any kind of reality. Where like you can get a lot of stories by being like the person that people <clears throat> go to with their with their shit. <laughs> the person whom people go to with you know well, to rat on other people. 
you you know the Jeffrey Epstein story. There's a famous clip. I don't remember which do. which which um which channel of the lady going of talking about how she had that story. And the reason oh, they, yes. they didn't they play it because yes. Prince Andrew was involved and they wanted access for the wedding between Meghan and Harry in 2018. So they yeah. didn't they didn't do the story of the of the girl who was they literally had the girl who was interviewed. Disgusting. I'm not saying absolutely disgusting. Yeah. It, it, and she admits it on camera. That's exactly why they, they said you can't do the story. And then, of course, when it's popular, then all these disingenuous would, asshats would play the story. So, I mean, I, sometimes, like, I would get... I would quit. That, like, weren't allowed to be run, and I just, like, I don't care. I didn't care what I was reading. But, like, Jesus Christ, that's, like, a banger of a story. And to not get that... Yeah, it'd be so hard to keep... And the Clintons were involved... The Clintons were involved so in the, people, the Weinstein So the people who keep working in media until their 50s and 60s are all people who never had to sell out because they never... You can't sell out if you don't have a soul to begin with. <laughs> um... It's all the people who never. It's like Mike Allen and those. Like, of like who literally, there, literally, to be there. Kennedy would control these people. I wish I had. I wish I had prepared and had a specific example. But he would control them by socially distancing himself from them and not inviting them to parties. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking. That's literally what he did. And they weren't able to go to his his house in Newport or whatever and 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 have a party with the other journalists. It's like that was enough to bring the back into the fold and yeah. write the stories that were pro. Kennedy and anti-Nixon and whatever, you know, it's like, oh, it's yeah. disgusting. It really is.